159 of the All the Books show recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk news. Book news, specifically. Yeah. Not author like, news. Ba-da, 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 this just in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arby's is closed. Literary news. Oh, that I'm makes Eric sense. Nichols. I'm Nick Gunning. Look, it's almost three o'clock yeah. on a Friday afternoon. I know it. I had two hot dogs and french fries for lunch, mm-hmm. so I am not firing on all c- cylinders. No, yeah. In fact, I'm not even sure, like, one cylinder's firing yeah. 100%. I always like... So if, if you're not local, here in Wellsville, we have a, a shop called the Texas Hot, which is famous yeah. for their Texas Hot hot dogs. Yeah. You got a hot dog. You got chili sauce. You got onions. You got mustard. It's a beautiful thing. Uh-huh. Eric's the only person, maybe in the world, who goes in and was like, I would like a plain hot dog, please. Yeah. And the look of pity they give him, they just, they feel look, so bad. I'm, I'm good for their profits. They feel so I'm bad I'm paying full for price for a Texas hot. That's true. On it. You're getting a 50 cent hot dog just by itself. Yeah. yeah. They're probably like, here he comes. Yeah. Get the plain hot dog. I, I make it up for with their mustard. They are not, pre- they have to restock right. mustard after yeah. I'm there. Yeah. So, hey, I'm Eric. So, people listening because we didn't introduce ourselves I think i'm did, eric nicholas no, I'm, you said eric is i'm still nick gunning he's still nick gunning yeah uh i am i'm on a 13 second delay so i'm a little off <laughs> that's ridiculous i had this premise for a uh, a book or a show about okay. somebody who's 13 seconds behind the rest of the world i think that was my idea no i well there's no recorded proof of darn it. it yeah darn it uh all right well you know you know who's good at, at spinning sci-fi stories dealing with bending time uh, Mr. Joe Haldeman. Yeah. And I think it's only fair, uh, since we're having this debate uh-huh. about where the whole 13-second delay story would fall, right? that we talk to Joe Haldeman. Yeah. Just get his take on writing sci-fi. Yeah. He's a Hugo and Nebula award-winning uh, author. Yeah, a few you, other awards. I'm going to sneeze. Okay, Keep talking. go ahead. Keep talking about this. So, uh, <laughs> folks who are watching or listening, you're Beautiful. in for a treat because yeah. my good friend and colleague, Mr. Eric Mickles, scored me. us an exclusive interview with Joe Haldeman himself, yeah. the man, the myth, the Halderman. So we're going we're gonna to talk a you little bit later. You think that's how he's referred to? I think it is, like, yeah. Okay. So we're going to get to the that Haldeman. in a little bit. So just hold yeah. tight. If you haven't read Forever War, you could pause this right now, read Forever War, yeah. or The Accidental Time Machine, or whatever you like. And uh, pop back in, because a little bit later, we're going to be talking to him himself. But right yeah. now, uh-huh. let's talk about the things that we've been reading in our own lives, All which right. means it's sure. time for our bookmark segment. Do we sing a song? I don't think so. Bookmarks. If anybody wants to submit a song, it's we definitely time will. for bookmarks. Yeah. What have you been reading? That is so melancholy. <laughs> sorry. That is so melancholy. I'm sorry. Four o'clock, three o'clock on a Friday. I mean, I know what you're doing, but yeah. still, that was Look, so mad. I'm s- yeah. All right. I'm going to start with graphics. Oh, all right? you're going to start with graphics. I'm going to start with the right, graphics I'm going to talk about. So first, I read Batgirl, Family Business. Uh, I've long Look, been a Batgirl fan. Her family business is none of yours. You're right. Oh. I've long been a Batgirl fan. Yeah. Uh, the new 52 Batgirl w- was bad. And I love Gail Simone, but the new Fifty Two Batgirl. Oh was yeah, well that bad. was they, she was having to clean up the wise and Barbara crippled at story arc. Well, and whatever. Yeah, but and the Batgirl, Batgirl of Burnside, uh-huh. and then uh, that that whole run, I've really liked. I've only read two volumes of it. This is volume two. I love the art, uh-huh. uh, and I've really been enjoying the series so far. I know it gets a lot of hate. And I'm not quite sure why. Does it? It's, yeah, it does. I know. I didn't like it. Well, yeah. But I, I didn't mean, like it because of the It's an rogues. atypical story. It's more like when things like Dick Grayson shows up in this volume uh-huh. and she's interacting with Batman. And it's like when those things happen, it feels like, oh, right, we're doing this. Batman, right. It feels like it's just its own little thing. So it doesn't, it doesn't sit so snugly in the rest of the universe. But uh-huh. I think just as a standalone Batgirl series, it's pretty good. And the art is great. I, I Top knocks for the arts. Top what? Top notch. Okay. <laughs> or top marks. Yeah. Either one. But yeah. I was like, Turner. Yeah. No, I heard it. I'm okay. sorry. I didn't know if you heard it. 13 second delay. Yeah. I got to catch up. Uh, <laughs> I read Paper Girls, volume four. Paper Girls, the Hugo nominated story. I don't know the paper. I think I one of the. Did it? Did the first maybe one Maybe not. He's always competing against himself with Saga as true. well. Yeah, I know so. Volume 3 did not win, as we disclosed in our Hugo's episode of yeah, last week, episode 158. Uh, but I am liking the series. Paper Girl's good stuff. I, I guess I'm going to put this out there for the sake of our listeners and viewers. It, if you've never read Paper Girls, I feel like at this point, you ought to just wait until the series is done so you can just sit down and pound through them. Because right. I know you've had the same experience. Every time I pick up a Paper Girls, uh-huh. the first like five pages, I'm like, "Who is that?" Right? You know, like, "Where are they? What year is it? Yeah. Why are we at an Applebee's?" Yeah. Uh, and then but I figure you're notoriously, it out, and I get there. No, I, I was just gonna say something mean. So that I'm notoriously like dim or dull, <laughs> or yeah. 
Like, I don't have to finish it then. Yeah, you don't. No, you're right. Shouldn't. At, because they do take... A, at, at, I think it's like almost a year. It is. Because he he writes one... It seems like he publishes one series and then switches to Saga. Yeah. And then goes back to paper. So you get this more than you know, like more than four-month delay yeah. that you would normally get. Yeah, I agree. What are you I looking agree. for? Well, I know you're trying to find a Kleenex. And I know I have a no, I'm fine. Kleenex in here. I'm good. Was, Listen, I'm good. I was just trying to find them for yeah, you. I was I, trying to help you out. It's a little worrisome you don't have any in here. I do. I just don't know where they are. Like, I know you sneeze. Anyway. So what happens with that? <laughs> what a weird and gross question. Yeah, sorry, man. Um, speaking of uh, the man, the myth, the Haldeman, uh, I read Forever War, the graphic novel. Yes. Which was very good. I haven't read this. Came out in 1988 uh-huh. uh, in Belgium, I think. Yeah. And then was translated into English. Found and came out in kind of some janky volumes many years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the end of last year, came out in a nice hardcover volume with a whole series yeah. together. Uh, so that that was really good. I hadn't read the book. Mm-hmm. I read some of Haldeman's other stuff. I haven't read the actual Forever War, but this made me want to read it because yeah. I was very intrigued by the story. I found it haunting. I found it unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It was both funnier and a little more sweet than I would have expected. Oh. So, thumbs up for Forever War. Okay. Uh, looking forward to the sequel coming out soon. And finally, I read Robin, Son of Batman, which is a Damian Wayne story. It's not finally, but keep going. Uh, and that's something that I'm not uh, I'm not super thrilled about Damian You're not as keen a whole, on Damian, yeah. But I like his weird... Um, Hellboy-looking monster. Bat-dragon pet. Yeah. And this is where he gets his bat-dragon pet. Okay. So... That was fun. And you're right. That wasn't finally enough because I also read Superman Before Truth. Yeah. Uh, this was very good. I love the John Romita Jr. art. Mm-hmm. Good writing. Good book. Kinetic. I'm all for it. Action packed. It is. Now moving off of graphic novels and onto novel novels or memoirs, as it were. Novel novels. I finished Then Again by Diane Keaton. Uh, and I'm a little on the fence about this because mm-hmm. I liked it because I like her. But... It was a lot of her talking about her parents, which is sort of the point of the memoir. So that's not so much a criticism as the way it was formatted made it very confusing because she was kind of jumping back and forth in time. Sometimes she's speaking in first person from her mother's journals. And so halfway through, you're like, wait, 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 this is not her at all. Sometimes she refers to her parents and grandparents as mom, dad, grandma. Sometimes she refers to them as their first names. Right. So it was just, it was a little a little too scattered, okay. which, I, you know, is like on point, I guess. I mean, that's sort of her thing. Right. Uh, so, I don't know. I guess that's how I feel about when it. You were reading this, when yeah. you were reading this, you were yeah. like, I like it. Then again, I yeah, don't. Yeah, pretty then much. again. And I was wearing a turtleneck the whole time. <laughs> uh, and then I, I don't know if I'd mentioned this last week, but I, I did. Last Time I Lied by uh, Riley Sager. And I last week I said... I referred to her as a her, which I believe is what I was supposed to think. But no, this is actually, this is this and Final Girls, the one right before this, are written by an author named Todd Ritter, mm-hmm. uh, who's written some thrillers under his own name. But I think, it, I think there's a new thing where they're kind of like piggybacking on the whole like girl on a train, mm-hmm. like female written about a, you know, kind of a, a damaged uh, female heroine. So you've got mm-hmm. this, and you have AJ Finn's A Woman in the Window, which both have sort of an androgynous name, so you don't know right. uh, the gender. I, th- I think it's an interesting trend. I think it's an interesting trend. I don't know how Question. much longer it's going to last. But And the term piggyback. Yeah. Is the pig on the back, or are you on the, are you on the back of the pig? A piggyback ride. Yeah. Uh, you're getting, you're getting on the pig. About, no, no. I think it's about like a farmer carrying a pig. So the pig is is being carried. I think so. All right. I th- I'm not sure. So when you give a kid a piggyback ride, yeah. the kid is the pig. You know what? I'm going to have Roger, our senior intern, take a look at this. Roger, could you Roger? look at the piggyback? Where is wow. Where, what is he doing over there? He's giving... Yeah. What? You're the bird. He's giving me the bird? Yeah. But Wait. he was doing it... Un- Wait, you couldn't see it, but I, I could see it. Is it just because we don't pay him and we make him do all sorts of stuff for us that he's angry? We we would make him do stuff if he actually did stuff. Yeah, you're right. So, sorry, well, Roger. He's not going to be anybody. Anybody's... Oh, good. Now I'm getting double bird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I'm trying right. to look it up. Are you, you're actually researching yeah, piggyback? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know Listen, like, I didn't where, think it, was where it this, came from. This is important. Piggyback origins, I'm typing in. Huh. And we'll we'll find this out. It's going to be a weird search. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, finish that again. I finished last time I lied. That's where we were. Riley yeah. Sager's last time I lied. Piggyback. Uh, this one was very okay. It was the kind of book that like I would expect to pick up on a carousel in like a pharmacy or an airport mm-hmm. and then just like kind of read over the weekend on a couch. Like it was never really (laughs) deep. It was never particularly good. There were a lot of times where you just feel like, 
is that really a motivation to act that way? Uh, you know, that's really, you're stretching a lot of logic there. But at the end of the day, like, I had fun. It was interesting. It had an interesting resolution. Was it a good book? No. Was it a readable <laughs> book? Very. Would I recommend it? Depending on the circumstances, you know? You're all you, over the place. This I'm has just, been again right now. I, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're reading a lot of heavy stuff and you want to just, like, sit down on a porch swing somewhere and read a thriller... Uh, yeah, I think it's you know I think it's worth a couple hours. It's gonna take mm-hmm. you to get through it, but don't take that ringing endorsement as me saying that I think it's a good book because I do not. Were you afraid of legal uh, ramifications for saying you don't have to take my word for it? Because I felt like uh, you were heading that direction. I didn't even think about it. Oh, okay, I didn't even think about it. But now it's all I can think of. All right. And finally, onto what I'm currently reading. Oh and boy. And this is gonna be on this guy's currently reading list because we're gonna do a spotlight on this book uh, because it's the very first novel. Published by uh, a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed young Michael Crichton, yeah. uh, written while he was a, a med student in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in his early 20s. It is nothing like you would expect from Michael Crichton. It's like a heist, right? a little heist. Three guys are doing a heist. Very different. Very different. Uh-huh. And I want to get into it now because we're going to okay. do a whole spotlight on How it. How many dinosaurs are in the odds on? Many. Okay. Too, too many, if sure. I'm being honest. Yeah. I think like you have a dinosaur as a bank teller. I didn't get it, but really, he figures oh, it out. That's later. a different situation of dinosaurs than I was hoping. He but it's it fine. Out later. Yeah, it's fine. So, reading odds on by Michael Crichton, writing okay. as John Lang, brought to you by the good folks at Hard Case Crime. Okay. What about you? I imagine there's a lot of the Marvel Now app in uh, in our future. Yeah. First, I'll say I read, I finished Forever Free oh, by okay. Joe Haldeman. All right. Uh, who we're interviewing? We're going to talk to a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. Uh, so I like this is the direct sequel. <laughs> to you sure about that forever war okay um because i had read i just read forever peace yep and that was more of a spiritual sequel a little, this is a little confusing a this little is, confusing yeah with this the titles. is this is the same characters uh same world it's like mandela yes okay same characters and everything and it's weird because it seems like the story is going one way and then it just says like nah let's just go back and yep. then it's a completely different story so depending on how much you were enjoying where you thought the book was heading mm. versus where the book does head. Yeah. It depends on, that's going to affect how much uh, you enjoy the book. Okay. So it's kind of a, a, a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have preferred the direction it was going. Okay. But there you go. That's a real iffy situation. Yeah. I, I've read many a book where I was disappointed and then it takes a very unexpected turn and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. And other times where it's like, oh, but what about, yeah. <laughs> you know, what about the promise of the first hundred sure. pages? Uh, yeah. So, so you're you're but on the fence. It was it was good. I mean, I read uh, I read Forever Free very fast oh, compared okay. to uh, um, Forever Peace, okay, which I also enjoyed. But that one took me a little bit longer. Forever Free, I just kind of like I couldn't really put it down. Oh, okay. It, read a, it had a much uh, it had a fast pace. So those are about what? It's like thirty years in between those books. Twenty five, I think. Okay. Yeah, he dedicates it to his wife, and he says twenty five years later. Okay. That might mean twenty five years since they've been married. No, I think I think it's seventies and, and late nineties. So yeah, you're probably well, you right. Go. You're probably right. Uh, let me ask you this. Sure. Reading reading a book that's like, you know, his his, uh, what's the word? Like his the pinnacle, right? I mean, that's okay. the one that everybody looks to uh, in his youth uh-huh. versus one twenty five years later. Do you find a lot of is the writing feel very similar? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's not a big difference. That's not between always the his, case. Uh, his writing style. I don't think. Um, but also, it's been a while since I read Forever War. Okay. And I read Forever Peace and Free. Yeah. Much quicker with sure. each other. Okay. So, uh, but more on Joel Haldeman later. Later. All right. What else did I read? You tell me. I don't know. Listen, I said I'll get to it. Well, tell I'm me. I'm getting to it right now. I did, read a, I did read a comic. I read Venom, Separation Anxiety. Mm. And what I really did was I just read all the comics in my Marvel Unlimited app. Okay. That are then collected in Separation Anxiety. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Uh, so, the more 90s Venom comics. And as I said last time... Venom was not someone who had his own series. He just had a bunch of mini series that just kept following each other, so they could constantly give you a new number one ah. uh, issue every like th- three or four issues. Mm-hmm. The Separation Anxiety Collection, it's fine. He, he meets some. He, they they teamed him up with some very ninety characters. I, I mean, Venom to me just drips of the nineties. I've never re- read a solo Venom. Right. Uh, if you I doubt, if you want, ever would. <laughs> if you want to see Marvel's like nineties characters that were created in the 90s and then never seen or heard from again venom is like the tour the tour you can take yeah um oh like people 
I mean, there's like, oh, I can't remember. There's a ghostwriter wannabe, and I can't remember his name, but he was dumb. There was this Punisher wannabe, and he was dumb. Just a lot of like, oh, boy, they were really hoping to... You could tell Image Comics was happening off in the <laughs> distance. So That's a burn on somebody. I'm uh, not sure who. But it, it, there was still, it was still fun. These, these comics are easily easy to read. They're sort of fun. The next issue... Um, I have to read. So what I'm currently reading is Venom Carnage Unleashed. Ah. So Carnage Unleashed is a collection of the next couple of comics I need to read. Is Venom eating a lot of people's brains? He's always saying that. Mm-hmm. Did Venom ever eat anybody's brains? I, don't, I have. It's, no, he's always I like don't, wants to I eat Spider-Man recall. brain. But it's like, I don't think, I think that's, that's a weird thing he says. But anyways, um, Carnage Unleashed is going to have the planet of the symbiotes, mm-hmm. which is what, the movie apparently is taking they're I see. taking and that's with charlton heston or yes he, he lands yep okay so uh planet of the symbiotes and the one i just read separation anxiety i think those are the ones no i'm sorry lethal protector they're the ones that are going to like be based on the movie that's coming up oh so, planet of the symbiotes carnage unleashed where apparently they make a video game about carnage and venom out to stop him or something do you do you agree with my assessment that uh-huh. the venom movie is to the marvel universe uh-huh. as the solo movie was to the star wars universe it might, i don't know apparently rotten tomatoes said it's one of their most anticipated like people have said it's their most really? anticipated film oh, of the year wow. so i have no oh, idea what what's going to happen but it also might be just like internet is very loud about it and Could then be. no one else goes to see Could it be. i guess it just seemed to me like when it, when I didn't hear anybody being like, yes, a Venom movie yeah. when they announced it. I was in a more obnoxious theater when I saw the trailer oh. at Infinity War. I had a bunch of kids like, oh, these are the symbiotes and this and this. I'm like, shut up, kid. Hmm. I said that. I mm-hmm. said, shut up, kid. Mm-hmm. And then all the kids Did turned you? and looked at me because they all thought I was talking to them. And yeah. I said, yeah, and they were, you. <laughs> they were like, Topher Grace sure has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what else did I read? I don't know, man. I've started... Uh, so this is the third Witcher novel, though it's <laughs> technically Witcher book five because the first two were the short story collections. Yes. And so now I'm reading Baptism of Fire. Would you like to hear a scoop here from the David A. Howe Public Library? Yes, I would. We have purchased uh-huh. all Witcher books. That's exciting. All of them. We have one. We have the first short story Last collection. That's and the, it's gone yeah. out quite a few times. Yeah. And I'm seeing the other ones come in for hold. Yeah. So. I just sat down and bought a box box set. That's exciting. Got the works. Nice. So if you're a Witcher fan from the games or from you maybe just read a little bit. Of the Witcher. One-stop shop, baby. Yeah. Just come right here to the David A. Howe Public Library. Check out all Witcher books. Well, actually, I read... (laughs) I think I read the first one because of Overdrive. Oh. Which is other libraries have as well. I see. So that's the ebook library system. If you're not familiar, the Overdrive or Libby app you can access with any card in the Southern Tier Library Mm -hmm. system, preferably the David A. Howe Public Library because... because, So yeah, you can get ebooks, you can get audiobooks, you can get some graphic novels, you can even get some movies and TV shows using Overdrive and Libby. That's relatively new. And my personal favorite with the audiobooks, uh-huh. you can kick up that speed a little bit. So <laughs> that book that you thought was going to take yeah. you 11 hours, nine and a half. You saved two hours? Yeah. Okay. Two hours? Two hours in book hours yeah. is a lot. That's true. Yeah. I'm just saying. Five years in dog years? How long? 35 years <laughs> everyone saw you do that math darn in your it head. oh that was the worst episode of sesame street i've ever seen oh great sesame street yeah get on with it all right me you're the one talking no i'm done oh that's it that's what i've read i read oh i read a bunch of avengers comics i don't want to talk i told okay. you i wasn't going to talk about them until i'm done they have not been good i'm okay so but yeah yeah venom and avengers com- the venom comics from the 90s have been better than brian michael bendis avengers comics from just a couple of years ago huh. so take that well bendis yeah, you-, <laughs> you have a well-known vendetta against the man so i don't know well how- it's because he's betrayed me because really? i liked him Betrayal. i liked ultimate spider-man i liked you his did. daredevil i even like powers but once he starts writing team oh, books, powers once he starts writing books with multiple character multiple lead characters he just doesn't know he just falls apart he's like what if what if every page was 80 panels of them just talking yeah. straight at the camera like there's, it's a camera there's more dialogue in his stuff than like the stan lee ones from yeah the 60s. yeah it's it's true <laughs> man oh my gosh all right well let's turn over to some book news and some advanced notices coming out here first up uh a character who's been in the news i guess quite a lot lately would be jack ryan uh, Jack Ryan is back with Mark Cameron's 
Uh, Tom Clancy's, that's a lot of names, uh-huh. Tom Clancy's Oath of Office, a Jack Ryan mm. novel. The fall of the Iranian government presents unexpected danger for President Jack Ryan in the last or latest entry. I was going to uh-huh. say last. Wow. Yeah. The best-selling Tom Clancy series. President Jack Ryan preaches caution when the prospects for a Persian <laughs> spring excite the rest of the world. His is the lone Western voice urging watchfulness. And he says, sometimes it's better to have all the bad guys in one place where you can keep an eye on them rather than scattered around the Middle East. Mm. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that seems a little... <laughs> anyway... Meanwhile, well, it's a Tom Clancy book. I'm just, you're not, you're not no, reading I'm these just, for subtlety. It's just not that nuanced. Gee, yeah, just, well. All right. Yeah. Painting with a pretty broad brush there, uh, the ghost of Tom Clancy. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the campus has been trailing a major international arms dealer whose business has waxed on the power yeah, of the Ayatollah has waned. Now the change of regimes in Iran has opened up formerly unimagined possibilities to him, possibilities uh-huh. that may lead to a new balance of power in the region. <laughs> <laughs> balance of my tommy Clance. entertainment okay did you do you want to talk about jack ryan <laughs> yes uh so jack ryan the tv show starring uh <laughs> not the man not the man starring john krasinski of the office fame he'd probably want me to say a quiet place what do you think he'd want i think he, i have license to wed with uh what, Rob, do I, Robin what do I think he'd want? I think, yeah. He, yeah, I think he'd want that movie to have been a bigger hit. Qu- Quiet Place? People loved Quiet no. Place. No, uh, License to Wed. Oh, License to Wed. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody wanted that to be a bigger so, hit. I think uh, he wanted uh, no. something borrowed to be something better. So. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Take that, John Krasinski, wow, I guess. That really felt good. I, to you, apparently. Whew. I got a lot off my, out I of my system with that. that. There's uh, a lot of, lot of resentment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Anyway, the Tom Clancy uh, show Jack Ryan is just uh, called Jack Ryan yeah. on Amazon, and it premieres uh, today as we're recording, yeah. August thirty first on Amazon. The, uh, I don't have like Prime or anything, so I don't. I'm guessing I'm going to watch it. My wife is going to watch it. Oh, really? We'll we'll find out from Kendra, her if it's good. Give me a call. I want to watch um, Jack Ryan. One of the guys from The Wire is in it. Yes, he's yeah. also that actor is also in the Odd Couple, the Matthew Perry, the recent uh, oh, no kidding. Odd Couple show. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty funny in the yeah, show. He's funny in this one. Um, the Wires. I have hilarious. a very, <laughs> I have a very iffy past with the with the Jack Ryan universe and Tom Clancy books in lo- general. Yes, You've I mean never I never finished one. No, no, I read that for Red October. <laughs> okay, uh, I love the first time for Red October, like the first Jack Ryan movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Harrison Ford ones I find so boring. Uh huh. Uh, some of all fears with Ben Affleck. I was even underwhelmed as a teenager watching that in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And the Chris Pine one. You just like Chris Pine. I like Chris Pine. Yeah. I like the movie. I thought it was fine. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I hope this is good. I'd like to watch it. Someday I might read another Jack Ryan book, but if we're being honest, that day will never come. I got a few Tom Clancy books planned to read. Really? Like what? Uh Oh, the red one. Red Rabbit? Uh, Dawn, red, red Dawn red Rising? Storm Rising? Ra- yeah, mm-hmm. something okay. like that. All right. Okay. All right. What's next? Uh, after that, we have Old Boy. Uh-huh. Uh, mutual... Uh, I don't know. I guess we have a sort of a love-hate relationship with uh, Jack Reacher. Because we went to one of his movies yeah, together and it was I terrible. Guess, I guess. Never yeah. go back. That was Never the bad go one. Back. Apparently Never the first one's back. pretty good. I think it is. I think it's solid. It's decent, yeah. We're reading the book that that's based on called One Shot a little bit later yeah. in the year. But that's this, past tense. What's this book called? <laughs> this book is is called Past Tense, though. This go one's on. The title is Past Tense. Just say the title, then. Past Tense. Look, you, you've given me... You, you've, you've informed me of when this right. title is taking no, no, place. No, 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 What's the title now, of this it's book? It's happening now. Okay. It's happening now. All right. And the title is, and this is the title uh-huh. in quotes, past tense. I, I don't understand. Okay. What are you doing? You know what? This is just for <laughs> our listeners then. <laughs> book number 23. <laughs> 23. Yeah. What? Yes, it's that a is lot. a lot. It's a lot of Jack Reacher. It's a lot of Jack Reacher. If those the were alphabets, with, forget the it. The thing with Jack Reacher is, I, I, respect the way, I respect the way Lee Child changes some very integral elements of the books Mm -hmm. he switches from first to third person they happen all over like some of them will be when jack or jack reacher is like 20 some will be when he's like 38 you know i mean they just they bounce all around so he does some internal things to make the books interesting right but i feel like the center of these books is that jack reacher is just kind of a brick of a character just Mm -hmm. pushing through situations so I don't know. You know, yeah. I went strong on the first couple, and then by six or seven, I was just like, I think yeah. I've read this. Yeah. So well, I don't you know. you probably did because this is in past tense. You're right. You're right. So Jack Reacher hits the pavement and sticks out his thumb. He plans <laughs> to follow the sun on an epic trip across America uh-huh. from Maine to California. He doesn't get far. On a country road deep in the New England woods, he sees a sign to a place he's never been the town where his father was born. Oh, he man. thinks, what's one extra day? He yeah. takes a detour. 
At the same moment, in the same isolated area, a car breaks down. <gasps> Two young Canadians had been on their way to New York City to sell a treasure. Now they're stranded that. <laughs> a lonely motel in the middle of nowhere. The owners seem almost too friendly. It's a strange place, but it's all there is. The next morning, in the city clerk's office, Reacher asks about the old family home. He's told no one named Reacher ever lived in town. <gasps> He's always known his father left and never returned, but now Reacher wonders, was he ever there in the first place? As Reacher explores his father's life and as the Canadians face lethal dangers, a sentence I've never read before, strands of different stories begin to merge. Then Reacher makes a shocking discovery. The present can be tough, but the past can be tense. Looks like a pun, like past, past tense. tense. Yeah. And deadly. Right. Jack Reacher, number 23. And sorry, I should have mentioned, these books are coming your way in November. Oh, just in time for your Thanksgiving presents. Mary Higgins Clark and Alifair Burke return to their Under Suspicion series. I read the first couple of these. I liked them fine. They're okay. very vanilla. Uh-huh. They're just the the simplest mm-hmm. kinds of... Anyway. All right. Queen of Suspense, Mary Higgins Clark and Alifair Burke. She doesn't get a cool little title, I guess. Are back with their fifth book in the New York Times bestselling Under Suspicion series. When TV producer Lori Moran investigates an unsolved murder, she becomes entangled in a web of long buried secrets and begins to wonder if her own life is in grave danger. Is it? As a mysterious stalker plots revenge. Shoot. She's always being stalked. Right. She needs to think about a career change. So that's it. That's, that's what was, your advice. You didn't tell them the title of the book. Well, I don't. I closed out of it now. I don't remember. It's called You Don't Own Me. Thank you. And don't tell me what to wear. Don't tell me what to do. How about I handle the singing? Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Go no, that's all right. No, wait. You just told me what to do. Oh. I just told you not to. You're right. I'm sorry. That's you, it. Okay. Tell me, the, uh, tell me the New York Times bestsellers. Guess what? I'm excited. Yeah. little uh, peek behind the curtain. Nick and I are recording this on a Friday. Yeah. Normally, we record this on a Monday, okay. but it's a long weekend, and Nick has a crazy schedule. I don't know what he's doing next I, week. I, he's, I'm in demand. He, I don't know yeah, what I, He's living the Jack Reacher life, Yeah, it feels like. Just going around so with a toothbrush we, in my pocket? I say this because we're not going to be reading the hardcover uh, hardcover fiction, Ooh. because we did that on last episode, but that was just Monday. It was just Monday. So if you want to know what <laughs> this week is the hardcover fiction, just go back and listen yeah, to, last, listen week's to episode. last week's episode. But... I'm trying to find an audiobook because I'm about to take a long drive. So I thought we'd look at the New York Times bestsellers list for top 10 audiobooks. Ooh. Let's see what the world is listening to. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it's just New York. I don't know how the bestsellers list works. It's, it's sellers. Yeah. All right. You ready to see what people are listening to? I would love to. We've never done this list. All right. Number 10, Spy Master by Brad Thor. Blech. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the 18th book in the uh, Scott Harvath. Harvath? Horvath. Horvath. As war looms, a counterterrorism operation takes on a whole new role of his own way. Oh, boy. Uh, so this is 10 hours in two mm, minutes of listening. Boy. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next one. Uh, why didn't, uh, you know what? Also, I've used up all my uh, New York Times article reading. Oh, they, okay. <laughs> they, don't let you, uh, they don't let you have it forever. So this is a fantasy book. I was actually just looking at this book in terms of... Uh, Maybe listening to it. Okay. This is called Age of War by Michael Sullivan. This is the third book in the Legends of the First Empire series. Mm-hmm. 16 hours. Wow. Yeah. Wowzer. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, what's the last audiobook you listened to? Um, the last audiobook I listened to? Mm-hmm. Well, the Diane Keaton one. I listened to a lot of that oh, audio. Okay. Sure. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm listening to Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste, er, Celeste Ng. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. I just started that. Uh, number which coincidentally is number eleven on the audiobook. It list. is, yeah. Um, no, sorry, I lost my list there for a second. Number eight. Then she was gone by Lisa Jewell. Ten years after her daughter disappears, a woman tries to get her life in order, but remains haunted by unanswered questions. Ten hours. Read Seems by like, Helen Duff. That's not a name I know. Uh, no, I think it. You meant Hillary Duff. Nope. Different. Number seven. Uh, Daniel. Daniel Good Silva, job, yeah. the other woman. Not Danielle or Daniela. Yeah. That'd be funny if I said yeah. Danielle's. Anyway, uh, Gabriel Allen, the art restorer and assassin, <laughs> fights the Russians to decide the fate of post-war global order. Ten hours. So I guess that's the thing. You want to be on this list. You're, you're, not, you're only ten hours. Because yeah. everything I'm looking at right now is like 16 hours. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Goodall, by the way, is like a legend in the audiobook universe. And he's the one reading? who reads this one. Okay. Yep. Uh, number six. Thrawn. Alliances mm. by Timothy Zahn, a Star Wars saga. Darth Vader and Grand Admiral Thrawn join forces to serve Emperor Palpatine. 13 hours, 21 minutes. That could be read fun. Read by Mark Thompson. That could be fun. We just talked about the works of Timothy Zahn, not three? 
episodes ago? Yeah, just a few back point? with my old buddy Jesse. Yeah. If you want to find that, folks, you can go to soundcloud.com slash all the books. All of them. And look at episode 156, The Works of Timothy Zahn. Number f- I was what? just going to say they can find it on iTunes, too. Search yes, on iTunes. Search on YouTube yeah. for all the books. You can find uh, yeah. You can find it. We're there. Number five, Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. Mm. Fresh from the stay at a psychiatric hospital, a newspaper reporter reluctantly returns to her hometown to cover the murders of two girls. Nine hours, read by Anne Marie Lee. I can't speak for that uh, that narrator, but I love the book Sharp Objects. I okay. think it it might be Gillian Flynn's best. Ooh. And I like Gone Girl very much, but I there's something Gone Girl is very long. Right. And it's very it's a very full book. Sharp mm-hmm. Objects is like this lean, mean, fast paced, sparse yeah. kind of a novel. And it just works mm-hmm. for the uh sort of dark All uh, killer, no filler. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Go. Pretty much. But I would recommend this book. And actually somebody was in here the other day mm-hmm. and they'd seen the series and they were like, So is they were asking me questions about the ending and I uh-huh. was kinda like I, that doesn't sound. Yeah, I think, I think they change things. There's some differences. Yeah. So I think the if show you're just things. a fan of the show, I, I definitely want to pick up the book because yeah, you know, there's um, some, there some changes. So yeah, and the show just ended. I yeah, mean. yeah. So number four on the audiobook list, Stephen King, The Outsider. Yeah. I imagine this is uh, your whole life. Uh, a detective investigate investigates a seemingly wholesome member of the community where an 11-year-old boy's body is found 18 hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, almost se- 19 hours, read by Will Patton. Now, I can't speak to Will Patton. Will Patton is, uh, you'd probably recognize him. He's, a, he's an actor. He was in the movie Entrapment with uh, Sean Connery and Catherine, uh, Catherine Jones. Jones. He yeah. shows up in a lot of things. Okay. But he reads almost all of Stephen King's audiobooks, and oh. he is excellent. Okay. His reading of Dr. Sleep was great. Oh. So I bet this would be good. And actually, I have this checked out on Overdrive right now, and I'm going to start <sighs> it when I finish Little Fires oh Everywhere. Ah. Uh, number three. I'm kind of surprised by this. Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere is at number three for listening. I don't... I don't know. Why? A businessman falls into a world of monsters and knights beneath the London streets. 13 hours. Read by Neil Gaiman himself. He reads most of his. Yep. He sure does. Um, all right. Number two. Uh, I'm surprised it's not at number one, but I guess it's been out for a while now. The President is Missing by Bill Clinton and James Patterson. President Jonathan Duncan. <laughs> cool, young, hip, yeah. and all the ladies Sexy love Mr. him. President. Yeah. A Gulf War veteran and widower. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Takes on adversaries at home and abroad. Uh, 13 hours. Read by Dennis Quaid in January. Lavoie. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Quaid, who played Bill Clinton in a movie. Yeah, that's what you've said. Okay, I just, it's funny. Yeah. Um, that's funny, I guess, to me. It, the, every time we read the summary, it's just like yeah. super young. Yeah. Got all his hair. Yeah. <laughs> fit as a fiddle. Yeah. Great on the saxophone. Almost too maxi- masculine. yeah. yeah. Uh, four terms they yell. <laughs> uh, all right, something in the water by Catherine Stedman. That'd be scary. Uh, a documentary filmmaker and an investment banker must decide whether they should protect a secret. It's almost twelve hours, and it's read by the author Catherine Stedman. So, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. We've never looked at the audiobooks before. Yeah, that's true. That I like, was fun. You know, some people, some like audiobooks aficionados care more about the readers oftentimes than the books. Mm, that's and what I've been picking up I on. mean, I can speak to that because there are definitely books where I think like, if not for the reader, I would have hated that book and right. vice versa. Sometimes you think there's a good book in there, but this person is a terrible <laughs> narrator. Yeah. You're so really I, I was, I mean, I love this. Uh, I think I've told this on here before, but Archer Mayer, who was back here in 2014, uh, as we were all trying to uh, bone up on the books, you know, read read mm-hmm. the ones we hadn't and stuff, we we got some audio books in. The books themselves are good. If, you, if you've never read them before, Archer Mayer's uh, pretty solid. Right. And the audio books have the single worst reader <laughs> that I've ever heard. Right. And we sort of gingerly brought that up over dinner and he was like, oh, he's terrible. He's the worst. <laughs> It was like I had to. I put it in my contract that they have to have a different reader right. for the new ones. So it just cracked me up. It cracked me up. That's funny. It was I'm probably just. The, I think it was more that the guy just wasn't suited to the kind of books they were. Yeah. Like it wasn't about this man as a terrible narrator. Yeah. It just like it just wasn't gelling, mm-hmm. uh, and you could really feel it. So it was funny that Archer picked up on that as well. But. Um. All right. Well, I haven't picked my audiobook yet. Maybe oh, I won't do it. Well, well. Because I like sci-fi and I like fantasy. Every time I find something, I'm like, this sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I read the summary. I'm like, oh, never mind. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound interesting. And then they're like 20 hours. Yeah. I just want... I can barely go eight hours until I'm like, ah! Yeah. I so, hear you. we'll see. You know, there's a lot... Overdrive has a lot of uh, Twilight Zone, like, audio dramas, mm. which are really cool. 
Hmm. I used to listen to those on CD uh, back in Michigan when I worked at that library. But um, there's a lot of them. Okay. And some old Green Hornet radio serials. Oh. Overdrive's a wealth of stuff. Pass. You're going to pass? I mean, yeah, if you like Green Hornet, go for it. Yeah. So you love Green Hornet. Yeah, but I haven't listened to them. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, What's next on this list of things we're doing? Oh, the interview. It's time. Yeah, Yeah, it's time. So uh, before we go into this, why don't we give a little background here on because I mean this this was all you 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 came up with interviewing uh, Joe Haldeman you reached out to him mm-hmm. like, you made it happen this so how did you how did you first become aware of mm-hmm. the author and you know how how did it kind of how did it go from there I don't remember if it if I was paying too much attention to the Hugo winners, like the Hugo list at the time, or okay. Forever War was just a book that was coming up in lots of like best sci-fi books yeah. to read. I wish it does. Um, because I had like Starship Troopers and um, Hyperion and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what are the best sci-fi books to read? And Forever War was on one of them. And so Forever War was part of like a few books that I read right out of college that were like sci-fi classics. Um, and it was the first one I ever read on my Kindle. Oh. I got the Kindle as Ooh. a graduation present, and uh, so it was the first uh, ebook okay. I ever read. Wow. Um, yeah. So I ended up just reading it very quickly. Okay. And really liked it. So if you're not familiar with Forever War, it's it's really it's an allegory for the Vietnam War. Yeah. And, Joe and Haldeman Joe was drafted yeah. in uh, into the Vietnam War, and when he came back, uh, he wrote a few stuff before that. But he also, uh, yeah, he. He wrote the Forever War, and so it won in 1976. So I guess that means 1975 mm-hmm. is when it would have come mm-hmm. out. Come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is just kind of a sci-fi allegory yeah. for the Vietnam War, but also uh, veterans coming back mm-hmm. home yeah. from the Vietnam War, and it, it being like a different experience yeah. and not being necessarily welcomed, and uh, also because in Forever War the idea is that while you're out in space and you're traveling a lot, you're going, uh, you know, faster than light and whatnot, you're not aging while the rest of earth is. So, uh, it seems like it's going on forever to you. And, and at a a certain point, earth doesn't even like care or, uh, they, they forget even sometimes that they're at war. See, I was really, now I can only speak to the graphic novel, which Uh Haldeman did write. Right. Um, so I, I'm sure the novel gets into this much deeper, but I found that, I found that storytelling device to be a really sort of beautiful way to express something that's so tragic. You know, the way, you know, they're, they're off to war, the world continues without them, and they come back, and not only are things different, mm-hmm. but they have no place in it anymore, which is such a tragedy. Right. You know, it's such a real-life tragedy, and I feel like the book handles that in a really elegant way that yep. doesn't feel heavy-handed, that just, if you didn't know that this is a this is a, a veteran of the Vietnam War mm-hmm. writing about those experiences, if you read this like 100 years from now, right. the story totally plays. Yeah. If you know what he's talking about, there's a whole deeper level that yeah. just adds a lot of weight to it. So I was I was very impressed by it and yeah. do plan to read the, the novel itself. Oh, so all right. I'm glad that you... Uh, you brought this into my world. Okay. Uh, and I likewise think that you should try the uh, graphic novel. No, I'm going to read it. Yeah, I didn't okay. know that existed. Uh, and it does look like the like the art style is very reminiscent of The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Well, I think so. I think that one is from 1988, which makes oh, sense. Oh, yes. Yeah. Makes a sense. lot of things would look like The Dark Knight Returns at that point. Yeah. So, all right. Let's... Uh, yeah, let's let the man talk. All right. So, I'm here with author Joe Haldeman. Uh, winner of multiple Hugo Awards, and we just did an episode on the 2018 Hugo Awards. And my my first question to you is: When you won the Hugo Award, what was it like for you? Because I know you grew up reading a lot of sci-fi uh, classics and reading authors like Heinlein. What was it like for you to join their ranks for? Uh, your peers to say, we think you're as good as the authors you grew up reading. Well, it was really kind of, it was very marvelous for me because, uh, in fact, Heinlein was there. <laughs> oh, really? And so, uh, yeah, I, uh, the awards are given at the awards meeting, the WorldCon. Right. Everybody was there. And it was fun. It, well, it was kind of overpowering, actually. <laughs> right. They threw what? me in a swimming pool. They threw you in a pool? Which, yeah. <laughs> In so, my new $100 suit. <laughs> in that, at that time, in that context, it wasn't a show as such. It was the World Science Fiction Convention. Right. And uh, we were in a big banquet room. And the awards were given at the front of the banquet. 
Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was all very public. And uh, at that, especially then, I was not that accomplished a public speaker. Okay. So I was all kind of absolutely nervous about it. I got the word that I had won. I was not supposed to know that, but I had been told. I thought, oh, no, do I trust the guy who told me? <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, Joe. Thanks for talking to us here. Hi, uh, so I, I've been a, a Star Trek fan for a long time, and I've read your Star Trek books, both of them. I enjoyed them both very much, and I was just curious, uh, how did you happen to get involved with that, and what was the what was the experience like sort of working within those guidelines versus doing your own thing? Well, okay, I got involved with it because they called me up and said, well, I, talked to, I was talking to uh, Fred Pohl, who was in charge of the uh, series, and I said, uh, well, you know, now that Jim Blish is dead, who is going to do the Star Trek books? And he said, you are. <laughs> 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 so... So I had about uh, <laughs> I had about a day to prepare myself. And oh wow! I, I went out and bought an armload of them of the, and, of the well, original, was, the Jim Blish novels. Yeah, but mm. there was were not any of them actually, just sure. a few. Yeah, and uh, I saw a lot of the Star Trek shows. So were you were my, a fan by that point? I mean, were you a Star Trek fan? Everybody was. <laughs> I mean, in science fiction, yeah, sure, yeah, the big thing at the time. And uh, at this time, when I got the assignment, uh, they were into reruns, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I watched them uh, up at my mother's place in Terrytown, New York. And I watched them with my niece, who was at the time eight years old. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so she was, Uncle Joe was going crazy. He's listening to these <laughs> things, you know. So I, uh, I looked. I listened to them and I took notes and and read all the background books. Even mm -hmm. at that, it was an armload of books, and treated it like a research project. Okay. I mean, I was a, I was a postgraduate student and the the whole thing, you know. So uh, I talked to Gene Roddenberry and some of the producers, Dorothy Fontana, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that. So as I say, it was as if I. I was getting paid for a research project, yeah. and I just went ahead and did it. And it was kind of, I have to say, very fun. It's a much more public thing than writing in general is. You oh, know, sure. yeah. don't sit in this little room and type away. So did, I, did you find you were pretty free? I mean, you could do what you wanted with the story, or did they have a lot of like, oh, no, you can't do that, or you know what well, I mean? Like, how much structure did they give you? Well, one thing was uh, taboos, of course. Mm -hmm. There were things you couldn't talk about. And uh, themes that you were not going to address without being very oblique, mm -hmm. sexual themes and such. Mm -hmm. It was a very interesting, uh, to me, a kind of a pioneering TV feeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although, yeah. of course, we weren't pioneers at all. We were 60 or 80 years after people started doing <laughs> television. To me, it was all new, of course. Sure. Well, I enjoyed both of them, and I also really enjoyed the graphic novel adaptation of Forever War, and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about uh, adapting that work into a graphic novel. I know you collaborated sure. with your wife on that a little bit, and I'm excited that Forever Free is getting an adaptation coming out uh, in a collection next month, I believe, or early October. You know, I uh, collaborated a lot with the artist, Mark Van Alpen, mm -hmm. the original uh, series. <clears throat> Mark uh, had definite visual ideas, and he was more sophisticated in those things than I was, so I deferred to his expertise usually. But I knew more about science, mm -hmm. and possibly I knew more about science fiction. So we had an interesting kind of uh, uh, conflict going between each other. I mean, a very friendly mm -hmm. sort of thing. And at that time, he lived in the Netherlands, and I lived in the United States. He was in Belgium. Jay, uh, Gay says he was in Belgium, of course. Okay. And uh, so it was a long-distance communication. Mm -hmm. Which I imagine was much more complicated in the 80s than it is now. <laughs> it sure was, because we didn't have Skype, yeah. <laughs> for instance. Yeah. In fact, we communicated by uh, fax machine. Oh, really? And <laughs> Yes. <laughs> really clumsy and yeah. slow. Okay. Is there anything and, that you can tell us about the Forever Free adaptations coming out? Anything? Uh, how close is it to the original book? Um, 
you know, what that experience was like, what people have to look forward to when that comes out? Well, I think it's pretty close to the original book because I had the book at my elbow while I was writing it. Uh, and I didn't have any special uh, constraints on this version. I just went ahead and tried to do the best uh, storytelling job I could. Regarding Forever Free, was was Forever Free an, an original sci-fi story that you were thinking of that you then decided this would be a good sequel for Forever War? Or was it always going to be a sequel? Hmm. I'm going back through the mists of time. Sure. <laughs> Forever Peace which is quite a different right. novel, was meant to be a sequel to the Forever. Yeah. Forever okay. Free is a direct sequel. Forever Free is a direct sequel. Well, that's true, yeah. Right. Forever Peace is thematic. Forever Peace is thematic. Right. Anyhow, ask her. She's the expert. I just write the stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, another question I have is both uh, your Forever War, Forever Peace, um, they deal with mankind giving up their individuality and in Forever War, you kind of position that as unattractive. And then in Forever Peace, you kind of suggest giving up our individuality is the only way to save us as a, as a species. And so I'm wondering, you wrote all of those before the internet uh, became a huge thing, before there was social media and all that. And now that we have that, which side are you leaning towards more these days? Um, as as we congregate in closed spaces on the internet. Well, actually, I think we should go back to the radio okay. and get rid of all this technological progress. Okay. It certainly hasn't helped us at all. I think the radio and the fountain pen were sort of the pinnacle of human progress. And, and uh, everything since then has been down the rabbit hole. Okay. But, Sure. That's just me. I mean, <laughs> sitting within the uh, confines of our own civilization, it's hard to try to be objective and say ABC about the processes that we use to make a living and that we use to communicate with one another. It's a flawed process. One thing that makes it difficult to be a citizen nowadays as opposed to say, when I started, is the real-time nature of it. That is to say, you and I are talking right now. Right. And potentially millions of people could be listening to this. Sure, and potentially. They, yeah. But once they, and once they hear it, it's just there, and uh, it seems to be permanent. Mm -hmm. It used to be I would write a book, and it would come out a couple of years later, and if somebody read it, they would have time to reflect on it. They might even write me a letter about it. Right. And so many years after the thing was written, I would get this letter and have time to reflect on that person's reactions to what I said. And then I could write in a very reasoned way why he's an idiot. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Uh, whereas now it's almost... As soon as I say something, I'm uh, sort of vulnerable to reaction. Right. All the millions of people who are hanging on their radios, uh, <laughs> you know, all those Philco's out there that are have the big vacuum tubes hissing and everything. Right. We have an alien presence coming now. You hear it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creatures from another time and space are about to encroach on our interview here. But... Fortunately, my robot assistant is taking care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is sort of our standard question to um, to get down to you know how you feel about your own work. So the question really is: I think everybody you know who's who's a sci-fi fan who's familiar with that genre has heard of or read Forever War, and I'm just wondering if outside of that, if there's a work of yours that maybe wasn't a big smash hit or something that something that you particularly liked that you would like if people now were to rediscover? Well, I think what I would like to have rediscovered is actually a trilogy called The World's Trilogy. Okay. Uh, which, I don't know, uh, doesn't seem to have made the impact that I had expected that it would make. But I have become an old and bitter man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, from the viewpoint of an old and bitter man, 
I now no longer expect anybody to react positively to my work. I say, I'm glad they bought the damn thing, or at least stole it from the library. <laughs> hey, don't steal from libraries. <laughs> oh, no, no. no. <laughs> if you steal it from the library, make sure you make a note so that they have to buy a new yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Then everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, here, I'll turn you back to Eric, but it was a pleasure talking to you, and thanks so much for doing this. Do you still find time to write? Uh on the go with your with your cycling, with your traveling to Europe? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was always able to squeeze writing in. Uh, I think if I, you know, take a sort of cosmic viewpoint and look at it, I'd say the travel has not interfered with my production so much as my own success. Okay. That is to say, I, I don't, uh, I'm not aware of being paid for what I do anymore. Right. And so I don't have to say, oh, my God, I better finish this book because the bills are due. That was part of my consciousness, part of my literary consciousness, if you will, when most of my most important books are being written. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of, you know, big, big deal. BFD, right. as we say, uh, when we're not being listened to. I could actually cease to exist in terms of the production of literature, and it would not make that much difference uh, to my readership or listenership or whatever. But I do like to exist, and I like to make an impact on people who actually exist at the same time. <laughs> my day-to-day -day, uh, creation of things that other people may or may not read mm -hmm. is, as it has always been, about the fountain more than the computer. Right. And so it's a slower process than it is with most writers. Right. And after I've written the thing down in one of my dozens of bound books, bound notebooks. It is a tentative thing. Nobody reads it until it has been typed up and goes out into some sort of a network process, whether it's conventional publishing or email or whatever. So, yeah, it's a, it's a funny kind of mix of an, uh, the modern world and the postmodern world and the traditional publishing world and traditional pre-publishing writing. Right. Because... What I do is sit and write onto a blank piece of paper with a fountain pen. And that's modern in a 19th century sense because fountain pens were pretty brand new back then. Right. <laughs> but I, other people seem to think it's the 21st century. And God, where they got that idea, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but many of them have never even held a fountain pen. And their fingers are much cleaner than mine. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I I have ink under my fountain <laughs> under my fingernails. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for your time and for agreeing to this interview, uh, and also thank you to Mrs. Haldeman. Uh, we've picked her up on the mic as well, so thank her for answering some of the questions for us. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, and uh, I can't wait for our listeners to hear this interview. Okay, you're welcome. It was so fun. I'm I'm so glad that that worked out. Yeah. I like that his wife got in on it a little bit too. Yeah, well, she's yeah, she's, she's uh, been there. Yeah, she's a collaborator on the graphic novels. I mean, she's yeah. she's right on the uh, listed along with yeah. the authors. So, well, I'm, I'm mainly I mainly talked to her about setting up the interview. So yeah. she's she's in charge of the scheduling and oh, everything. Okay. All right. So uh, all right, she runs it. You know what? Let's switch over to our actually. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So I mean. I think I could get down in a world that's just an ink pen and radios again. I think I'd be fine in that world. Yeah, you have that retro vibe about yourself. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you. I mean, it really. I I definitely like after reading the graphic novel. I wanted mm -hmm. to read for Forever War, but right. after that conversation, I I want to go back and read all of them. Yeah, even Forever Peace. And you want to listen to the Green Hornet radio show? Yeah, yourself. Why not? Why so. not? I was not familiar with the World series. But uh, did you know that one? Yeah, I knew of it. I haven't read it yet because okay. I was going through the Forever Forever series. But um, yeah, he he's called it. And I think other people have referred to it as a, like very ambitious. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to getting to those sometime. Well, let me give you a little synopsis here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, in world worlds apart and worlds enough in time, the acclaimed Hugo and Nebula, Nebula Award winning author of the Forever War imagines a near future rife with exhilarating and terrifying possibilities, when hundreds of thousands of human beings have abandoned the Earth's surface to live in man-made habitats orbiting the troubled planet. Right. Haldeman's science fiction saga follows Marianne O'Hara. A young inhabitant of the world known as New New York, from her arrival on Earth as a student who becomes seduced by radical politics, through her coming of age amid the world's war and the habitat's devastation, and mm -hmm. ultimately to Marianne's emergence as a leader and possibly the last hope of the human race as it head towards <laughs> these stars. 
Stephen King said of the first book in Haldeman's trilogy, there are scenes and worlds I will remember forever. These gripping novels will enthrall anyone interested in the future, that of our planet and of the human race. Do you realize Stephen King, even back then, he blurbed. was blurbed. He blurbed. He, well, I put, on our, still, I put on our Twitter page I saw, yeah. where Stephen King actually blurbed Joe His, Haldeman as yeah. a human being. Yeah. So, King blurb, blurb King. Yeah. He, what are you going to do? Uh, Stephen King, as we've said, is just you read a book and there's a Stephen King there blurb. It is. So all, even there back it is. in the 80s. Yeah. So we just second yeah. up all the output. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have some yeah. Joe Haldeman books in our collection. Certainly more in the whole system. Mm-hmm. If there's any that you want that we don't have, let us know and we will find them. Go to your local library yeah. and check out some Joe Haldeman books. Thanks again to Joe for sitting down and talking to us. Thanks yeah. to Gabe for making it happen. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Good times. All right. All right. Should we do some library news? Yeah, let's do some library news real quick. Real What's quick. going on? I mean, all I guess right. everything's starting. Well, I mean, the big thing is the auditorium is starting back up again. Uh, the first thing we have down there is going to be a sneeze from Eric, Excuse followed me. by uh, <laughs> a production of She Loves Me. When is that? Which is, uh, you know, let's see, in Wellsville, we, we're doing we're doing two shows in Houghton, two shows in Wellsville. Okay. So Wellsville shows are as follows. Uh-huh. 7 o'clock on Saturday, uh, September 15th, and 2 o'clock on Sunday, the 16th. Wow. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking some, to some cast members from the show, so you get a little bit, a little bit more insight on that. We hope you can join us for that. That's of course free of charge, as are uh, all, all library, these podcasts. All are. Library oh, programs. and the libraries, yes, yeah. as well. Uh, the following week we have Casual Reply, who were here earlier in the year doing a John Denver tribute. Do you think that this means like when you go like if it's uh, if it's shout, they're like hey, and then the other one's like hey. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, that's casual. <laughs> what a hey, casual reply up? that was. <laughs> casual reply is back on September 20th, and that is sponsored by the Allegheny Arts Association. So you can catch them at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Book clubs, we're reading for Band Book Weeks. We're reading Ernest Hemingway's Farewell to Arms. Mm-hmm. We're just finishing up um, The Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith. Don't point at me when you say that title. I just couldn't remember. You're the cuckoo who's calling. And we're reading A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. You can join us for any and all of those things. Mm. A lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. Anything you want to mention? Hmm. Oh yes, uh, that's why I was con- I was confused as to why you said this play, this mm-hmm. musical of yours, yeah. is going to be the f- next thing in the auditorium because the next thing in the auditorium mm. on the seventh is Nomeo and Ju- uh, uh, not Nomeo oh, and Julius Sherlock Gnomes, Sherlock friend, Gnomes, which I have seen yeah. in theaters. <laughs> so sorry, that's real. Uh, and next week happened. starts back up on the fourth our uh, arcade Tuesdays for eight and up. For students dating up, so we're gonna have we got Minecraft, we got Mario Karts, we got some basketballs, we got some board games. I bring you Yu-Gi-Oh cards, all that fun stuff. And Wednesday uh, starts our new Teen Nights. Ooh. So it used to be Anime Club, but now we're going to expand our uh, the things we we watch and mm-hmm. just hang out. So again, mm-hmm. Teen Night is just when teens can come to the library and just hang out hang. while something else is on. Great. So I think we're starting with Avengers: Infinity War, okay. but this. We're, we're going to watch movies. There's going to be anime still. Um, we're just going to switch it up a little bit. So, so if you're a teen in the area or yeah. have teen childrens or nieces or nephews, tell yeah. them about it. They love to be called teen children, yeah. as I just said. Yeah. So please use that phrase. Hello, my teen nephews. That is <laughs> that is required. Yeah. That's that's definitely like a an uncle kind of thing would say, though. It's like, oh, hey, it's my teen nephews. It's like, oh, gosh, yeah. Uncle Nick, yeah. you're so lame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry. One, one final bit that. of library news. I want to say a uh, hearty congratulations and thank you to one of our longtime employees here, Liz, who uh, just oh, retired yes. after 15 years at the David A. Howe Public Library. So she's yeah. already off enjoying retirement. Uh, we're having some new staff coming in, but we want to we wanna take a minute to thank Liz uh, for all her time here. We had fun working with her and we wish her all the best. As we go Are you going to sneeze anymore? On. You look like you were going to sneeze. We remember Liz. all the times we've. Had to get You really look like you're going to sneeze. Every no, time that's, you do that. that's how you sing Graduation by Vitamin oh, C. Okay, all right. It was at everybody's graduation okay. from 1999 to now, I think. It's continuing. What I don't know. What about time of your life? You know? Yeah. Another turning point. Of I don't... At okay. my... At one of my... At my sister's one, they sang Bridge Over Troubled Water. Hmm. I didn't really understand it. I don't get it either, so. but I guess it's better at than At my brother-in-law's, I think they sang... Uh, Corbin? No, uh, the, the song by Journey that I hate. Mm-hmm. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Okay. And you know, I don't like going to high school graduations in the first place. So yes. then having a bunch of high schoolers sing Don't Stop Believing, my least favorite Journey song, 
It was not a good time. I know. But I know you know what? Wasn't. I was in Japan. Yeah. So mm. <laughs> <A> twist. <laughs> twist ending. A twist to that story. <laughs> well, uh, my thanks again to Joe and Gay Haldeman for talking to us. Yes. If you absolutely. were a fan of that interview, I would suggest that you go back a few uh, to episode 149 of the All the Books show where we where we chat with David Dvorkin. Yes. Uh, it's another good sci-fi interview in also there. Also wrote so Star Trek books. Also wrote some Star Trek books. Yeah. Uh, so you can go back and listen to that. That is episode yeah. 149. And of course, all episodes previous so yes. episodes one through 148 you could also check out yeah uh anyway thanks for tuning in 150 nice job thank you and uh we'll be with the cast of she loves me next week mm-hmm.